don't buy the idea that, you know, the society the way it is right now, it has to be this way. Welcome to Rewrite the Rules with your host, Alex Starr. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. It's time to live life on your own terms. What do you really want? Guys, 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 what is up? Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode, we got Willie Ogorzali, and I might be butchering that last name. Willie, I'm sorry about that. Um, I actually met him doing Ride Austin, which is like lift out here for Austin, Texas. Uh, picked him up, 25 years old, super positive guy. We get to talking, find out that he started this company called JustLegal.com when he was in college. Now he's the CEO of it and collecting investors and doing all this stuff. And I was like, dude, I have to get you on my podcast. This is so cool. And uh, we sit down for an hour looking out downtown Austin in like this building that he's at in this co-working space with his company doing all these things. The most positive guy you've ever met in your life, which is something that we could all use, I think, right now. Um, so when we get into all types of stuff related to just pushing through boundaries and then we get into other dimensions and it's a really cool podcast and he's just a really interesting guy. Um, I know you guys will love it. Uh, before we jump into that, I wanted to just touch on something real quick that keeps on coming up and um, I thought it was something worth sharing in that when I am posting these podcasts, a lot of people like will ask me, like I saw a bunch of people over the weekend um, at a wedding and people are asking me like, you know, I wish I could do something like that, um, but I'm scared. And I want to let everybody know that's listening that every time I post these, I'm, I'm scared shitless. Like three or four days before I actually press this button, I literally resist recording this intro. Then I resist editing it. Then I resist publishing it. Then I resist writing the thing on my podcast or on my website. Then I resist putting it on Facebook if I do anything at all. Then I resist putting anything on Instagram. It's literally like one resistance after another of fear-based um, resistance. Just not wanting to make myself vulnerable and put myself out there every single time. It's gotten, it's shifted its presence in me, but it has definitely never gone away. It's just uh, molded to kind of fit the different things. So if it's like I'm posting this one, it's a different type of fear than when I first started because um, now I'm posting a little higher profile ones. But I'm telling you, it's there every fucking time. And I don't think it'll ever go away. And from when I've talked to other people that put out like music or things like that, they say it never goes away. You just have to act in spite of it. And so I guess this is just me saying like whatever it is that you're doing in your life that you're resisting and you can feel it. You can feel yourself knowing that you want to do it. Then there's the other party that's like saying, no, like, you know, you what if what if this happens or what if people think that or what if this and that and that little devil voice? Um, just do it. And I'm speaking from from experience with this that like I literally took me two days to sit down and do this. It'll probably take me another couple of days to edit. Like I'd have twice as many podcasts out if I didn't stall and make excuses in my head to ask the reasons why I shouldn't post them, even though it's com it's completely illogical. And I think we all know that. I know that. You know that for whatever it is you're going through. Um, and so I think we just got to recognize it, kind of laugh at it, and then just press the fucking button anyway. So that is my little soapbox for the beginning of this. But I hope you guys love this episode. Share this shit if you're enjoying it. Uh, leave me a review, all that good stuff as always. And you can find me at Alex Starr. 
com got some great ones coming up um with another guy that's doing this like street stuff in austin then we got a ceo um gonna have all types of cool stuff coming up with people that are travelers and stuff so stay tuned taking us through the end of summer here into the fall i love all of you guys thanks for tuning in again enjoy this toodaloo bye Willie Willie. Good morning, Alex. Welcome to the podcast, man. How you doing? We got a great view here. Beautiful view, beautiful day. I think today is the best day of my life. Why? Why? That's an awesome way to start it off. Yeah. I mean, I say it every day. And usually it's true. Not always, but I think the more you say it, the more often you end up having those best day ever. So Wait, so you wake up every single morning and say, this is the best day of my life? No matter how I'm feeling, yeah. It was actually- You uh, are a happy, you are a very happy guy. That's one of, I think, my, my greatest assets is optimism. Really? Yeah. Talk to me. Okay. You, okay. You got. You got to be optimistic as an entrepreneur. And do, were you always optimistic? Yeah, I think it's, it's. I think I've always naturally been optimistic. In college, of course, I learned about the secret, and I really believed that as long as you're positive and if you believed you could change the world, anything would come true. And uh, I, I like brainwashed myself to believing that for a few years, and then now, I don't know if it's magic or what, but I still think it's the right attitude to have. This is interesting because I always wonder because I, yeah, of course I've read the secret. I've, you know, the law of attraction, like, you know, and when it works or like things like that happen, I go, well, it's legit. Exactly. It's legit. And then when things start to go wrong, you're like, this is a bunch of BS or you blame it on yourself and you say things are going wrong because I'm not having the right mindset. I'm having negative thoughts. I I had, I had that one little negative thought last Tuesday at two 30 and now that's out in the universe. Exactly. You know, what do you think? Like, okay. So you wake up every morning and you say, this is the best day of my life. Mm -hmm. And what happens when, you know, we were just talking about a issue you have with the company, a lawsuit. Yeah. What, and you're smiling about it right now as you've been talking about it. What is going through your head like tomorrow morning or the morning you heard about that? Do you let yourself get negative and start thinking bad things about the incident or the person? You know what I mean? Or do you? It's easy to do that. And I I think that I try. It's the, Those are the days where it's hard to say today's the best day of my life. We got two options. You can, you can either continue saying that and try and make it the best day and try and make the most out of the situation at hand. Or, you know, you can say, screw it, and you can give up, and you can feel negative about it. But what's that going to solve? You still have a lawsuit pending. You still have to grow your company. You still have a team counting on you and investors counting on you. So I still say today's the best day of my life. And on those days, it is really difficult. But um, what we keep saying um, to the investors is, look, we're, we're going to try. We're gonna do our best to do the right thing, the best thing that we can at every step of the way. And that's all we can promise. Right. And in order to do that, you got to stay positive. So... It's hard, man. It's, yeah. Because yeah. are you like, you know, is it is it lip service to yourself? I think a lot of times people will get confused about, okay, I'm just going to repeat this positive thing to myself, yet I'm not I'm not really there. You know what I mean? Or yeah. are you are you actually like feeling that it's the best day of your life or are you repeating it to yourself and then there's the other voice going, you know, that's not true, Willie. So that definitely happens. I mean, some days it, you're really feeling positive and you can say it and really mean it. And those are the best. But some days it's forced and you know deep down that it's not necessarily the truth. Um, and that's rough, man. But it's rough. Um, and I mean, that's that's kind of what was driving me crazy when I believed in the law of attraction is that I was really brainwashing myself. I wouldn't let myself think negative thoughts because I thought that was going to ruin everything. Right, 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 right. And then my understanding of it kind of changed and I realized, okay, 
you can't, you know, positivity doesn't mean just telling yourself everything's fine when it's not. Positivity is actually looking at a given situation and trying to figure out what's the what's the best outcome that you could possibly you can make happen. Um, and then going for that. That's like true positivity. So right. even if the worst possible thing is happening, like a lawsuit, what can we learn from this? You know, maybe oh, at least this is happening at an early stage when um, we can fix it and when it's not going to kill the company and it's going to be cheaper than if it happened down the road. For sure. It'd be more expensive. And, you know, we're going to learn this lesson now because we needed to learn it. And now it's not going to happen again. So that's like the positive way to look at it. Um, Very true. And you're not that way. You're not driving yourself crazy and brainwashing yourself. Another thing I, that changed my understanding of it was, you know, it's easy to sit there and just try and imagine stuff and hope that that'll change reality. But I realized that actions can change reality. You just have to actually do something. And we, we do mm-hmm. have the ability to change reality. But sitting there and trying to move the computer with your mind is going to do anything. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, just get on Soon the keyboard. Soon it will. Make Soon it will. Happen. Yeah, create. Yeah, one day. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So that's, that's kind of how my understanding of it's evolved. I'm still an incredibly positive person. Um, everyone says that about me. And... Uh, and I think by being so positive, it's enabled us to overcome a lot of the challenges, a lot of the obstacles that not only have we run into, but if you if you try to start a business, you're going to run into these obstacles. Do you ever feel pressure to be positive all the time now that people know that you're positive all the time? Definitely. I think I, that's pretty interesting. I don't really think about that, but absolutely. Um, because especially when you have a whole team and that's kind of part of the culture and part of your personality, if you're not super happy one day and if someone says hey how are you doing and you don't say it's the best day of your life then they're like oh what's up something's wrong right yeah right i would imagine that would get almost it would get almost stressful to maintain the willy positivity meter high because everyone has an off day being happy man it's stressful (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, that's awesome so with the company like your personality then you said at the beginning you have to be positive to be an entrepreneur what other facets of your personality have come together? You, I mean, you said you worked, when, and, and just so you listeners know, I probably will mention this in the intro, but we met on Ride Austin's, like yeah. a ride sharing app. I drove you from your house to uh, to here, to the Capital Factory for some event, right? Mm-hmm. And you were saying you work like, I mean, 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week for the past, how many years? Four years, over four years. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. I mean, so were you always... How did this come about? Like, I'm curious about the meshing of your personality and entrepreneurship. If you developed it as you went along, did you always have a crazy work ethic like that? Or once you got started on just legal, you were like, oh, fuck, yeah, it's going game time now. Great question. I think I think for me, it was a little bit of both. I think um, have you ever read those articles where it talks about the five traits that every entrepreneur has? Sure. I, Tenacity. I'm, yeah, sure, 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 sure. I've seen a thousand of those clickbait mm-hmm. articles online. Yeah, exactly. And it's really sad if you, I mean, I, I would feel really bad if I were reading one of those and thinking to myself, oh man, I don't have any of these personality traits. So I think whenever I did see those articles, I would, I would, those would resonate, resonate with me. And I'd say, yeah, you know, if I were to describe myself, any of these seem applicable. Um, but something did happen when we had the idea for Just Legal um, and a kind of a switch turned on. And I, immediately, the second I had the idea, um, I was reading a textbook at University of Colorado, business law textbook. I had a super simple question, which was, what is tort law? I typed it into Google. I couldn't find an answer, which surprised me. Um, And then I had the idea. I said, okay, well, if I've got Wi-Fi, webcam, laptop, why can't I just pay a few bucks and I'll video chat with the lawyer and uh, ask him this question? 
And so I Googled video chat with an attorney and again was surprised that four years ago, nobody was doing this. And immediately, the second I had that idea, I knew, okay, this is a big problem. Um, I can't believe a problem this big in this day and age still exists. I know I want to start a business. Whoever solves this problem is going to change the world. And immediately I committed myself to that vision and I haven't looked back since. The vision's changed. Now it's more scheduling than video conferencing. But I was in school at the time and everything changed. I remember, uh, fortunately, we were in a class where we had to build a business. So it was perfect timing. Um, but all my other classes became even more relevant and interesting. I became, even, even though I was so passionate about this company and that was distracting me from school, I became so interested in each of my classes because now everything we were learning had a real world application. And I could think, oh, here's how this would apply to our business and actually gave it context. And I imagine at, you have the fire lit at that point. You got the fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had the fire within me. Yeah. I was, like, uh, you I had think the purpose, you know what I mean? You had the, yeah, you felt it. And then from there, oh, the, yeah. the rest of life is like, Oh, it's a math class. Perfect. That's great. I can apply it to this, to the purpose. Right. And that's a good point too. Um, I mean, so we started the company as a class project. We worked on it for a semester. We got so passionate about it. My original co-founder and I decided to keep working on it outside of school. So we worked through the summer, um, just meeting each other most weekdays and working on it in our free time. And then the next semester, it was kind of weird going back to school. So this was my second to last semester as a senior. Um, and I remember sitting down in class after a whole summer of like following our dreams and like creating something from nothing felt amazing. And then we sit down and we're like going through the syllabus and my heart just sank. And I felt like this isn't where I should be like sitting in this class. Like I need to be working on my project, my business. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a great professor who actually eased my concerns. Um, cause I talked to her about this and I was like, I don't know if I should be here right now. This doesn't feel right. And she said, you know what? You can still work on the business, but give it a try. You know, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff this semester that's going to be relevant. You know, as like, uh, I bet you'll learn something that you that you won't regret learning. Just stick in, stick out, stick it out for a little bit longer. And uh, so we ended up staying for that for the rest of that semester. And then we did. Things were going well for the business. We had gotten in, into the final rounds of uh, some competitions. Um, we at the very end of the semester it was looking like we were going to raise a little bit of money from friends and family. So we decided to take a break and uh, follow our dreams. <laughs> so did you graduate college not yet not yet okay i got one semester left yeah um it's college is a whole other thing but yeah that feeling of looking at the syllabus or looking going to class and you just think why yeah why am i exactly wasting my time with this it's not a good that's probably one of the worst feelings in the world so <laughs> I did. College um, is expensive. Yeah, seriously. College is expensive. You don't want to feel a waste of time, especially, especially once you're comparing a syllabus to your fire. Right. To that fiery purpose of like, this is what, there's an obvious, I can solve this problem. You could have the dopest syllabus in the world, but how is it going to compare to your baby, your dream? It's it's not. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. It's not. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. I did, um, I did wildland firefighting for the past few years. Cool. And it was the same thing. Like you work at 80, 90 hours a week, right? Mm-hmm. And you're always right. busy. And I had this like podcast and a website thing that I make no money off of, but it was just like something that I just kept like feeling this pull towards, right? Like yeah. I need to go do that. And you'd work so much doing the firefight. I just, I didn't have time to do it. Right. I just couldn't find the time to do the interviews. It just, it slipped away from me. And that was one of the worst feelings in the world is knowing that like there's something there, my baby, like you said, that I want to work on mm-hmm. and I have a passion for. And you just 
you're doing something else that you're just like, ah, right. <laughs> when is this going to end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's so true. You got You got to follow that, that fire when you feel it. And, uh, so few people do, I, I think. And I think that's really sad that, um, if you've ever read the alchemist, it's a book that says that everyone has like one destiny, um, and one true calling. And, uh, but most people ignore it and they don't, they don't follow it. Do you believe that? Do you think everyone has a true calling, like a purpose? You know, that's a good question. Um, and it's something that I, doesn't really align with a lot of my thinking but the alchemist is one of my favorite books and i feel like it is so true like uh, i feel like this and some of the other stuff that i want to do later in my life which this is like a stepping stone towards i feel like it is my true calling i feel like um it's the reason i'm here but at the same time that doesn't make i know i believe in science and i believe in math and that doesn't really make sense well, I think, I mean, like most things, man, I think it's a combination of both, right? Yeah. The world is not completely science. It's not also completely woo-woo. You know what I mean? It's both, I think. Yeah, okay. I yeah, like that. I like you know that. what I mean? Yeah. It's it's both for sure. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, there's a ton of stuff we can't understand, but obviously, there's a lot of stuff science can explain. So where does that leave everybody? Right. Right in the middle. Right. Yeah, you know, I would think it probably is humans kind of like seeing reality and applying our own ideals towards it. I think that everyone has the opportunity to do something amazing. And I think that everyone has passions that they could apply to real world situations. But I think that very few people actually end up doing something amazing, even though they are capable of it. And that's, that's what I think is them. What do you think? What do you think holds people back the most? What does hold, what has held you back the most at times? Jeez. Well, I mean, fear is something that everybody struggles with. Sure. Um, and I think fear of the unknown in startups and entrepreneurship, there's a ton of uncertainty, fear of taking risks. It's the name of the game in the startup world fear of um humiliation i think is really interesting so uh paul graham uh the founder of y combinator has some great blog posts and one i remember reading and he talks about how it it was so relevant he talks about how entrepreneurs oftentimes you know you start off because you want to create something amazing you want to be successful but what ends up actually driving a lot of companies to success isn't that original passion actually after years of trying to build something and raising money from your friends and family and telling all your friends, sorry, I can't hang out. I'm committed to this. I'm going to make this happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, it becomes attached to your self-esteem. And if it's if it's not successful, you blame yourself. And it, the idea, the thought of failure and of letting everyone down and how people think of you, whatever it is, is really scary. And, he, and apparently that's what actually ends up driving a lot of entrepreneurs to, to stay in the fight when otherwise it's you, everyone else on the outside would it think you were crazy to to be going through what you're going through that that's a that's <laughs> yeah no that's a powerful one isn't it because mm-hmm. i would imagine too once you get this deep same thing with anything man it's like you become inextricable from your your job your company right your identity so even if you're an accountant it's like what are you you're an accountant right you want to be a good accountant you don't want to get fired from being an accountant and you have to what you have to tell your friends that you got fired from being an accountant right yeah but now now you're willie you're the guy who started just legal yeah now it's not even just legal isn't just legal. It's you, seriously, and you are just legal. I mean, it's both. You guys are intertwined seriously. to death. And the bigger the company gets, the more team members you have, the more investors you have, the more pressure there is to, yeah. to make it. And that, yeah, that can be very scary. Um, and I think, I mean, yeah, at some point, you, the lines between wanting to do it so you can be successful and wanting to do it for fear of failure kind of get blurred. Oh, my <laughs> dude, I know, man. Yeah. It does. It, is, it gets very difficult to tell, like, what what are my motives behind doing this anymore? You find yourself a year in from something, you're like, what? what, I, what where, where Am I still want, Do I still want to do this? 
you know? Yeah, and I don't have those questions. Um, but I mean, maybe oh, sometimes, okay. you know, why are we doing this? Maybe, maybe those come up every once in a while, like on the difficult nights. You're like, oh, why did I even get into this? Maybe, but for me, I mean, it's, for me, it's really, I feel very blessed to have this opportunity to mm. work on something so amazing. Um, it's an amazing opportunity. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask for anything else. That's what I always remind myself is even in the really difficult times, the problems that we're facing, we're blessed to have these problems. Like yeah. the fact that there's a lawsuit against our company means we've got something that someone wants to come after it, you know? Um, the Love fa- that, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if you have an upset customer, at least you have a freaking customer. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I always remind myself these are you know good problems to have and where it's a learning opportunity. That's that's my form of positivity. That's my optimism. Now. Love it. Yeah. You heard of Mark Manson? No, love uh, the name though. Yeah, yeah. He has a book called Sounds the subtle like the, yeah. the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he talks about how he's like, look, here's a scenario for you. Warren Buffett, okay, he has money problems. Mm-hmm. Go look at the homeless guy on the corner. He has money problems. Warren Buffett has better money problems. <laughs> yeah. And that's it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, what problems do you want to acquire? Right. Basically is what you should look for. Right. And don't you know? run from problems too. I right. Mean, um, I think changing your perspective can have amazing impacts. And um, just that's a great example of it. Um, but you, everyone's going to have problems, you know? So it's like, choose what problems you want to have and choose how you want to look at them. Choose what you can get out of them. That changes everything. But you're not going to get away from the problems. I know they some they keep on they 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 not transpire but they they change mm-hmm. they're very very fluid and uh, oh, and yeah. tricky you know and mm-hmm. they you get one problem solved yeah and then up sprouts another oh absolutely like little yeah. weeds and you know absolutely problems are constant constant in life um, and as soon as you solve one a new one pops up I think early on I always thought. You know, oh, once we get to this next stage, once we um, once we cross X off the list and push this new update up to the website or hire this person, whatever it is, once we raise five hundred thousand dollars, whatever it is, everything's gonna be easier. It's gonna we're not, we're gonna be done with all these problems. Yeah. But then, yeah, even if you can't solve those problems, you're gonna run into new problems. Um, so it's a never-ending struggle, but that's what makes it fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You do need. I was just talking to somebody about this about how much the struggle is needed in life. Yeah. And how much nowadays I feel like it's really easy to tune out from struggle. Yeah. And I think people are dissatisfied. When I have the least amount of struggle in my life is when I'm the least satisfied. Wow. That's profound. And I think you're absolutely right, man. A hundred percent. And it's strange because, but then you almost spend half your time trying to get away from them. Right. But that's, that's okay. It's a, as long as it's, you're as long as you have the struggles. You need the, yeah, but you need those struggles. As long you as do. you're not just running from them, you should run at them. Um, yeah. And then that's I think you're right that that will lead to the most satisfaction, the most personal growth, which drives satisfaction. Yeah, so, that's so, yeah. what really it is. Yeah. Yeah, and so keeping that in mind and just knowing that when you're facing these challenges can change everything. Have you so like how many hours a week? I'm really curious about. Have you heard of the iceberg effect? Where like there's just picture online, it's like it's like a meme, like we were talking about earlier, where it's like an iceberg, right? It shows the very top and it mm-hmm. shows the person, mm-hmm. you know, of like success and you know the Instagram pictures and money and stuff. And right, you have a house, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's amazing. If I when I went and picked you up, right, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, how much is this rent? And you're like, oh no, I, I have this house. And I'm <laughs> like, that's that's interesting. How old are you? Twenty <laughs> five. That's very interesting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You see that, right? Mm-hmm. From the outside looking in, you can be like, here's this 25-year-old kid. He just bought a whatever, how much house. Damn. 
You know what I mean? Like, that's so cool, you know? See you walk in and out. What you don't see and what the iceberg, what you don't see is the majority of it. What you don't see is beneath the surface. You don't see the failures. You don't see the stress. You don't yeah. see the setbacks. You don't see the, the blood, 80 hours sweat, a week. You don't, see the, you don't see the, <laughs> yeah, 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 you don't, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't see all that, right? Yeah. You just see the top. You just see the little tip of the iceberg. Like, oh, damn. Yeah. 25 was got a house. Damn. But that is not the story. You know what I mean? Right. And there's, I think there's good things. There's pros and cons. I think that, um, in one way it's good because then it inspires people to think, Oh, I could go do that. And it's all, you know, it makes entrepreneurship sexy. And I think that's good. And I think we need more entrepreneurs, but the downside is if you go into it thinking, Oh, this is going to be easy. You know, it's an overnight success. If you build it, they will come, which is exactly what I thought would happen when we started the company. Did you? <laughs> Did yeah, you? totally. I thought, Oh my God, we just had such a great idea. <laughs> No one's thought of this before. If we just filled it, which that'll be easy, we're going to change the world. And of course, that wasn't the case at all. Um, couldn't have been farther from the truth. And what that didn't prepare me for was all of the freaking hardships that are inevitable, that you have to crawl through, all the shit you have to crawl through to get out the other side. So a great mentor told us one time that it's so much better to recognize, okay, here's our goal. Here's what we need to accomplish. It's going to be incredibly difficult. It's going to be the hardest thing we've ever done. No one's ever done this before. We're charting uncharted territory. And of course, you can get support, but knowing that telling yourself that it's going to be really difficult is so much better because then when it is difficult and when you do encounter those challenges, you you told yourself you'd run into them. You were expecting them. You're mm. prepared. And that makes it easier. So it's a mistake to tell yourself it's going to be easy. And it's sad that that's all everybody sees. But it's kind of, it's the it's the way it is because um, I don't know it's it's not you can't when someone asks you how you're doing um, and which people ask all the time in the startup space you know how's your, your company doing mm-hmm. if it's a bad week um, you can't say not good you can't say really bad man because then that just bums everybody out um, and if you keep saying that over and over again it's like people are like damn Willie's got a problem like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Willie I'm really was worried about him. <laughs> <laughs> Willie was so positive last week man. seriously what happened yeah um so all the time um I, I've actually said that before too when it isn't going so well I've tried that and it doesn't it just doesn't work well you know um so you kind of just have to say things are going good man things are going great best day ever even if it's not um and it's yes. funny I've talked to entrepreneurs too who I thought were killing it everyone's talking about them I'm seeing press and stuff they raised some money I'm like dude, congratulations. Like, I see you guys are killing it. And the CEO's like, oh, I'm so glad you, you think that, man, because, like, that's not the case, but I'm glad it looks like that. You know, at least at least the illusion is, is working. But, interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, like, you, and so you just keep saying it's going great because it's just, it's better than saying that it's going bad and then everyone, you kind of get sucked into that. Yeah, I mean, good luck raising money if that, if, if yeah. that rumor's going around. But, um, I mean, there's a balance there. And I mean, you got to be transparent with, with your executive team. Um, and that's one thing I'm actually learning too. You know, we just grew from a team of three up to a team of 10. And so now we've got C-level team. We've got um, the employees. Um, and we've got, now we even have more if you count our interns. And there's different amounts of information that you share with the internal team, with the, the interns, and with the employees. The interns, and you don't give them shit. You yeah. just get them to get you food <laughs> just work. for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to pay us. We made that decision. That was, you know, I was, we had this update talking about how we hit our goal for this past month, just barely. We exceeded it, but it wasn't exactly how we projected, and it was somewhat of a scramble. And so, look, it's not popping champagne. It's We literally just see another day. But truthfully, we've got a bigger goal this next month, and we need to be more organized. So 
it was an interesting update, you know, and uh, I asked our VP of marketing, I said, do you think I should send this to the interns? And he goes, you know, that's a culture question. Do you want to send it to the interns? And I said, you know, I think I do. They deserve to know. Let's let them know. Um, but that was, a, that was a decision that we made. Other companies make different decisions. But one thing I'm learning is that as the executive, we need to kind of bear a lot of the stress um, as long as, I mean, there's some stuff that you do tell the team, but you don't want to freak everybody out. So with this lawsuit stuff, mm-hmm. we ha- we're still figuring out the best way to kind of explain it to everybody, basically. And fortunately right now, all I can really say is that um, our law firm's putting together a memo explaining that we all believe that there's no merits to this claim and that we're prepared to fight it to the fullest extent of the law because that's the best we can do. And we think that's the cheapest way that we can take care of it. Mm-hmm. We tried to settle. But fortunately, they're putting that together. And so I don't have to say too much. But we're having them put that together before we just drop this news on them. Because some people, you know, like I said earlier, I was explaining how a lot of our investors understand this type of stuff happens. They've mm-hmm. seen it. They're not really concerned. Um, they know we're going to be okay. But our friends and family investors who haven't ever seen a lawsuit, they've never had a lawsuit themselves, they're way more shocked by this and scared, I think. So um, that's just been an interesting learning over the past few months is how things change when you grow, when the team grows from a three-person team to a 10-plus person team. You're the CEO, correct? That's correct, yeah. And man, I mean, that was the, the amount of learning on the go. Oh my god! Not knowing yeah. what you're doing, you must love Silicon Valley. That TV show. That TV show. Is that so must accurate. be you. I love it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's our life. Um, I don't know if it's accurate for every startup, but it's actually like freakishly accurate for us because a lot of those episodes we've gone through very similar stuff, mm-hmm. and it's so true. Just when everything's going well, a new problem will sprout up out of the blue. Just like at the end of the episode, it's another twist. I know. Yeah. I know. And well, I mean, also the fact that you are managing people, which is a whole other ball game. And you kind of just learned it on the go. You just bumped from three to ten, and I would imagine mentors would be a huge factor in that. Absolutely, yeah. How, yeah, how important? Because you, you always hear that, like in the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. space, right? I follow Gary Vee and yeah. all those people, and you just you read these books and they talk about mentors and stuff, and the importance of just having other people go, "Hey, I did this five years ago and it sucked. <laughs> Do it this way instead." Yes, yeah. So much learning. Uh, I'm so grateful for our, our mentors. Um, and I hope to be a mentor to startups one day and help them help them avoid a lot of the mistakes Hell that we've yeah. run into. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because there's so much learning. Um, some people say, "Oh, you know, I learn one new thing a day." I think it feels like 50 new things a day sometimes. Um, but that was actually one of the big benefits uh, of, of moving to Austin for us. Um, in Boulder, Boulder is a great startup community. We had amazing mentors, some of the top mentors in town. But um, those mentors hadn't done similar stuff that we were doing none mm-hmm. of them had built marketplaces none of them had ever worked in legal tech um a lot of them were even more like corporate mentors so like uh, they'd work at companies like ibm which is great they were super helpful but their advice was sometimes more generic it and you know it was always helpful advice but then when we moved to austin there were mentors who had worked at very similar companies they had started successful marketplaces which have a ton of unique challenges mm-hmm. they had uh, worked at legal tech companies you know since the beginning of legal technology and they were able to give us the exact advice that we needed to hear often um, which is important because it's great to have mentors but it can actually be damaging in some ways not that I don't want to badmouth any of our mentors because I'm grateful for their time, but it, it can be damaging to a company when you get bad advice from someone that you trust, and especially if you're a first-time entrepreneur. And it can be really damaging when you have 
when you're getting different advice from different mentors and getting pulled in different directions because mm-hmm. focus is so key and you want to make everybody happy. Yeah. So mentorship is amazing, um, but it's got to be managed well. Um, one easy way to do it is just to take everything as a data point um, and then to really work to surround yourself with the types of mentors that do have really relevant experience and aren't just giving you advice that you could get from a book, but are giving you advice from a very similar experience that they've had going through the similar challenge and how they overcame it. And those are good. I mean, what you just described is applicable anywhere in life too, right? I mean, like exercise programs, right? Find someone that can give you advice that can done before that's in that field or that spectrum of where you want to be or where you want to get. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. I've even heard someone say that the best mentors are uh, people who have gone through it like within the past two years. So someone who's maybe like two years ahead of you for your startup uh, or for your in your exercise routine because it's fresh in their minds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I want to tell me about sacrifice. Tell me about how I sacrifice much- goats all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's the secret to success. Tell yeah. me about <laughs> the Mayan human sacrifice. <laughs> Which is gnarly, by the way. When you think about like how like they did all these like that wasn't even that long ago. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, and like <laughs> they like did all these you know spiritual drugs, you know, and they're doing where did they then, go? And yeah. then they were just cutting people's heads off. Like, wow, yeah, just sacrifice, ripping their hearts out and stuff. I don't know. It's gnarly, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but besides humans and goat sacrifices, tell me about how many vacations have you taken in the past four, in the past four years? Only vacations I've taken have been family, um, and I have not taken a full week off um, or anywhere close to that. I think I'm thinking of one uh, family reunion we had that was like four or five days in Telluride, maybe, and that was the longest vacation I had. I've in, had in four years. Yeah. In four years, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even um, that summer that we first started the company, we, I got to go to France, um, but I was so passionate about the business, I was working every day on it, um, which is really cool. That was a really cool experience, but. Um, I've made a lot of sacrifices, and I think it's uh, it's again it's good to know that you're gonna have to make sacrifices to start a business. Um, I think some of the the main sacrifices I think of are time, of course, sacrificing your free time, um, which isn't the worst if you love what you're doing, um, and then social life. Yeah, I definitely have given up a, a social life, and I feel sometimes I feel bad for the friends that I've haven't given the attention that they deserve to, but I think they understand. Um, but it can be hard, man. But it's easier if you know you have to make those sacrifices. And I always tell myself that this is something that scares me. I tell myself, you know, one day now because I'm putting I'm taking all these sacrifices now, one day I won't have to make the sacrifices. And it scares me. I don't want to be the dad one day that's like doesn't have any time for their family because they're working all the time. Right. You know, I never thought that that would be the possibility. But right now, if I were to have a kid, which thank God I don't have any kids right now, I, I would be that dad. But I mean, I don't know. I would, it would, or I'd be letting down the, the team and the investors and the company. So it's tough, man. So that's why I'm hoping to put the work in now so that later on I won't have to make as many sacrifices. You bring, I found a solution for you. I just thought of it. Cool. You bring the kid to work with you yes. <laughs> and you put VR, Brilliant. you put VR goggles on it. Like they have all around here and put on, I don't know, put Problem like salt. Barn, put on Teletubby. He can be in 3d Teletubby land, just chilling in a crib. You're hanging out with them, technically, and I you're working. Th- I think there's a um, a great startup idea right there for whoever's <laughs> listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baby VR goggles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, patent pending. They fit perfectly on baby's heads. Yeah. yeah. Bring them to work. Yeah, I man. can totally see that. Yeah. Where do you... Uh, that, you just brought up a point that I was curious about. 
what is the this sounds like a job interview question because I just did a bunch of job interviews here. Oh yeah, and it's like, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, fuck, man, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know where I see myself for lunch, dude. Right, seriously. You know? But what you just said about how, you know, in the future, you know, you're you're sacrificing now so you don't have to sacrifice later. That's mm-hmm. huge, I think. Mm-hmm. So, what is the end goal? Like, do you see it? You're building this. And then you stabilize it to the point where, okay, now I'm 30 and I can tone it back to 50 hours a week instead of 80 and I can have someone else kind of help me out. And now I can spend time with friends that I neglected. Where where do you see this? Like kind of, do you you see yourself continuing on the pace you're going now? Well, if, if, we're still around in five years. The the world, I mean, humanity. Um, I know. Yeah. That's a, we can <laughs> we, we, can, we can talk about yeah. that. We can talk about that. Um, you're in the tech space too. Like, I don't know what is going to happen. We can talk about that. Yeah, exactly. But um, in terms of uh, the sacrifice and stuff, I think it's already starting to happen a little bit. I think um, you know, over the past, uh, we we moved down to Austin seven months ago. We started this accelerator program here at Capital Factory. Capital Factory has been amazing, by the way, for connecting us to those mentors. Um, it actually, in a lot of ways, saved our company because before no one was getting paid, we were kind of running on fumes. It was like our last hurrah. You know, we took we made even more sacrifices to move down to Austin, and we all kind of agreed. You know, if after this accelerator program, if we can't get interest from investors and get this to work and um, make it to the next level, then maybe we will have to move on. Um, which is so sad to think about. That was like <laughs> yeah. the most depressing thing ever. Not um, the happiest day of your life. Exactly. Yeah, it was tough times, man. So because of that, we were we gave up everything. We were coming in every single day, zero days off, as early as we possibly could, working out in the morning, like 6.30 a.m., staying till 9 p.m. every single day. No shit. Absolutely. Um, you know, we took off like two days for Christmas. And then I remember day after Christmas, maybe it was two days afterwards, I picked up um, a co-founder from the airport and we came straight into the office like 9 a.m. right back to it. No shit. Yes. And already now it's chilling out a little bit. You know, we got a bigger team. It's not up to three people to do everything. Um, and now I get to um, relax sometimes and watch a movie, which is great. It feels amazing. Um, I'm so grateful for that. And I think that things are will start to bounce out a little bit. I'm still obviously working more than, than somebody that is just working a typical nine to five. And I think that um, in a year, two years, I'll start to you know be able to take vacations again and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, in terms of like, what's the end all and stuff? Um, I think that I'll probably, I think once you get a taste of entrepreneurship, it's like, you, it's really hard almost to just go back to like the 40 hours a week. You think about 40 hours a week, you're like, that's nothing. It's like, what do you even do the rest of the day? <laughs> Maybe if you had like a family and stuff, I guess that could definitely change things. Yeah. I don't really know what that feels like. But um, for the business, one thing that's really interesting is that we, when we started the business, we thought, um, I definitely thought that it would be something I would run for the rest of my life. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when they start their mm-hmm. business, they're like, oh, you know, I found what I love to do. This is amazing. I'll just do this. I'll build a company. I'll do that for the rest of my life. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Unless you raise money. Um, and that was one of the things I learned is that when you make the decision to raise money, which for a tech company like ours, it's trying to disrupt an industry. You kind of need to raise money unless you can just fund it yourself. Um, you kind of promise investors that you will one day exit the company, whether that means getting acquired, going public. You have to they give you money and you have to pay them back. Um, and it's very unlikely that you could do that just with revenues from the company and then basically buy back your investors. That doesn't happen very often. So, and 
it's such an interesting thing. So people always say, what's your exit strategy? And it's a, it's a tough question because one, um, well, some investors want to hear different things. Some want to hear a very clearly defined exit strategy. We're going to sell to this company in three years. We've already started talking to them. We also have these other backup options that would also be interested in acquiring us. A lot of investors want you to have clarity around that. Some investors don't like that at all. Um, they want the exact opposite, and they want you to say, look, we're not even thinking about an exit right now. We're building an amazing company. Mm-hmm. That's all we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. And we know that if we do that, there will be people that will want to buy us. And when we get offers, you know, as CEO, it's my fiduciary duty to review a bona fide offer with the board and the shareholders. That sounds really official. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you, lawyers. Um, so it's tough because those are the, the there's two different answers. You don't really know what people want to hear. But I, I definitely lean towards the second one. It's like, look, we're, we're trying to build an amazing business. And it's there's going to be people that are going to be interested in buying us. That's just going to happen. Um, let me do my thing, mom. But let us do our thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't want to build ourselves for an exit. We want to focus on building something amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It gets, um, people always want that certainty about the future, right? Where do you see yourself in five years? What are you going to do after college? What are you going to do after this? I, I literally don't know what I'm doing at the end of this month. I mean, if you look back at your life, look at anybody's life, the the sequence of events that took you to me and you sitting here doing this podcast right now on the 16th floor of this building in Austin. What are the chances of that? If you look back five years ago, you know what I mean? Yeah, like what are the so chances true. of that Yeah, in your life? Like everything, the chances of anything happening is so incremental, so small of like the fact that if you five years ago be like five years from now, Alex, mm-hmm. you're going to be sitting with Willie of just legal doing a podcast. I would have been like, dude, I don't even have a body, a podcast. I don't even know what that is. Just legal. There's no way I'm going to meet Willie from just legal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy's famous. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. But it like, that yeah. is crazy, man. And that, I think that's evidence for what we were talking about earlier. Like maybe there is a calling. Maybe it is, you know, the alchemist. And as long as you're following your destiny, all this stuff falls and in, falls into place. It falls into place. Because I think about it all the time, especially when we get to these milestones. And I look back and our company, you know, narrowly scrapes against the the ground, narrowly avoids crashing and burning. And then, yeah. you know, now we're flying back up. Yeah. Um, I think about all the things that had to fall into place and happen just like they did for us to be where we are. And it's crazy because every person on the team that pulled it forward, like how they joined, came involved and stuff, without them, then you wouldn't have been able to hit the goal and everything. It's crazy. I think about it all the time. And that was the type of stuff that made me think clearly your thoughts can shape your reality and the universe is listening because there's no other way that all this amazing stuff could come together. Wouldn't you attribute some of it to your your hard work? Yes. Yeah. No, and then, and that's the stuff that keeps me grounded. Um, yeah. but it all starts with belief. You know, if you didn't, sure, if you nice. didn't have the intention, if you didn't believe it was possible, you wouldn't put that work in. Yeah. So it's both it's, but it's, you can't, it's both. You can't just sit there and believe you have to believe and that's hard enough. And then you have to freaking work. You can't just sit there and wait for everything to magically fall into place. And they feed off each other. Yeah. I'd imagine too, a little company like yours becomes its own little organism and that they all just like in a human body, like everything works together to like this i don't know it's a weird concept but like the fact that like the interns know that they have to do a certain part of their job for the organism as a whole to survive right yeah so it's like your liver doesn't really give a shit about what your heart is doing but it knows that it needs to keep going for the heart to keep going the heart needs to keep going for the liver to keep going for the whole thing to keep going right Mm -hmm. and i would imagine that a little company like that it just becomes its own little entity becomes its own little organism I love right. that analogy, man. Yeah. I've never thought about it as an organism, but I think it works really well. I always think about it as a castle. 
Um, and I think about, it's really interesting to think about when you start with nothing and then, and then you look back, you know, years later and now it's, it feels like you have some sort of castle and you've got these different departments. You've got the marketing and the sales and the engineering, and you've got people that run their own departments, you know, the Lords. And then oh, yeah, yeah. I'm the King, of course. <laughs> and, then, yeah, and then wait, the, the interns are the serfs, yeah. <laughs> they're the, they're the peasants. <laughs> In this analogy. Yes, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> they're totally the serfs. Yeah. They're totally the serfs. But Damn. if they work hard enough, you know, serfs can rise to be kings. They can yeah, rise to Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, they Well, it depends on the castle. It depends uh, on the organism. Yeah. Okay. It depends. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It depends. Right, because every castle is different. Um, you know, and we're the Khaleesi ones. We're the good guys. Um, yeah. But uh, what are they, the Targaryens? Um, so I think both are really good analogies. And actually, it really helps to have an analogy like that. Uh, it gives, it makes everything clear because you're right. If the liver's not doing the work, that they're supposed to be doing or if uh, I don't know what are, if the blacksmith is yeah, no, right, doing yeah. the work that they need to do then engineering or the army doesn't have the tools that they need and stuff so sure um, it's, it's helpful to have those analogies I love a good analogy um, and it's really cool to think about just in the organism an organism analogy like what does our organism look like these days and we started from a sing, as a single-celled organism and just an idea um, and then we've grown, we've evolved, we've swallowed other organisms, we've had legs chopped off, and <laughs> all sorts of crazy stuff. I love that too. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that we too. Grew it back. Yeah. I think that like I think that it's it's so built into us as humans because it's just the natural the natural order of things, right? If you take it from a cell structure, you take it and you build that off into the solar system and the universe. It's all like these tiny little components of a much bigger thing. And they all follow this pattern and this growth ideal and death and, and right. all that stuff. And so I feel like it's natural for any action humans do to follow that same pattern. Totally. And we're all, we can take it to the next level. We're all playing in the same, you know, ecosystem and uh, different industries and different regions and different points in time can be different ecosystems that all have their own set of challenges and their own nuances. And there's different organisms that'll be playing in the same ecosystem, but they'll take different approaches and they'll evolve differently. And it's an ecosystem. So everyone's in it together. You're all playing off of each other. You're all evolving together. And as mm -hmm. the flowers evolve or the internet evolves, then the butterflies or the websites, you know, they evolve together. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, man. The it's trippy, man. It yeah. is trippy, man. <laughs> we should be hitting a blunt right now. It is trippy, man. It's amazing. It's the complexity and the interplay of everything. Like, look at this view right here. We're looking out over the city of Austin. It's a beautiful view. It is a beautiful view. It's like, how does it all work and come together? And it's a large version of your company. Yeah. But I mean, like you ever drive down the road? I'm sure you do drive down the road and you just kind of hit one of those moments. You had a red light and you're like, how is this all this working? How is it all seamlessly coming together? I don't hit the blunt while driving. Um, but you know what? <laughs> the blunt. I don't hit it while driving. Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I think about it all the time. And honestly, what I, the what you're making me think of is uh, at night I walk my dog after a long day of work. I walk my dog around the neighborhood. And what I've been thinking about lately is, is this a simulation? Yeah. Uh, I don't mean oh. to take it there, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> what do you think, Alex? Yeah. Um, do you, is it a simulation? Yeah. Is it a simulation? I've been thinking more and more lately. Yes, I think so too. Yeah, and that's freaking weird, man. Yeah, but actually, okay. So here's here's some other crazy stuff. And uh, we were watching videos about dimensions, the tenth, imagining the tenth dimension. Really cool video that I strongly recommend. Um, and we were talking about simulations, and they kind of went hand in hand. And this was really cool too because again, we're talking about science and us as humans trying to figure out how this all works. And one of the things that about quantum mechanics and about it was in this dimension video is that it's like Schrodinger's cat theory, is that reality doesn't exist until it's observed. Mm. Um, and until we observe 
reality. It's like waves of probability that are collapse into particles upon the mere act of observation. And that's a scientific fact. They've run experiments. They've proved that. That's really interesting. That means that nothing exists until we observe it. You know where that would make sense. Now I'm like a tech guy. I'm thinking I'm with my co-founder who's an engineer. I'm like, you know, the only way that that would make sense is a simulation that's trying to run efficiently. Why would everything, why would it be running all this, this um, power in these forests if no one's there to observe it, you know, or all this space and stuff if no one's actually there. But wouldn't it make more sense if the second that you observed it, it would like actually collapse into existence and it would load? That actually makes complete sense, you know? Mm. So I don't know. That's one of those crazy thoughts you have at the end of the night. And, uh, I know. Yeah, when you're high and you're watching shit like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. But hey, it expands your mind. I think it's healthy to have those thoughts. So, um, but that was really interesting to me. I mean, when you can kind of tie those two theories together and actually use what you know about computers and stuff, and that actually makes some sense to me. And I, dude, well, here's the crazy thing about computers. Cause I trip out all the time on, I'm not a, I mean, I know how to work on stuff. I don't know coding and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I trip out so hard on the coding and that they're literally creating like a virus. When, when someone says they created a, a computer virus, mm-hmm. I sit there and I'm like, this, this makes no sense to me. Like you creating a, you're, if, you, if they can literally create a virtual organism. Word code, man. It's all DNA. Yeah. Exactly. And they're starting to imprint. Yeah. Uh, information. I think Microsoft just came out and said that they're actually using DNA strands as storage devices. Now. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it, it can. I mean, it's like you exactly. can, on one. I think if you did, you know, if you took out like all of your DNA, it would wrap from like here to the sun and back or something like that. Totally. Some crazy number. I might be messing that up, but it is. It's a massive amount like of space. Right. Your telomeres and that stuff is crazy. take up. Each um, of us, each of us had that in, within us. Yeah. Each of us have that in us. Yeah. And so when someone says that they create, this is why I think it could be a simulation. When you say you create a virus, a coder says, I made a virus and it, it perpetuates itself, like the attacks in uh, like Britain and stuff, right? I think it was a ransomware um, like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's like it perpetuates itself. It wants to keep going, right? And it's like, so you're telling me that you created something that in another reality, basically, the online reality in this virtual realm, you create an organism that perpetuated itself and now has somewhat of a, not a conscience, but a an intelligence behind it, right? That it wants to do certain things. And we're doing that now. It's that, that, so that pretty much says that that's a simulation within itself. Because if you're in it's that... Like a basic version of It's a basic version. Because yeah. if you're in that world, if you say you're another virus and you come in contact with another virus that another coder wrote that's trying to destroy the other virus, within that world, if you could be a little virus, you're like, is this a simulation? Like, bro, bro, is, right? this, is this a simulation? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. They don't know they're a simulation. But they got simulation. they got created by another possible simulation. We could be creating simulations within the simulation, which virtual reality, which I should have come to that event you guys had. Virtual reality is another whole thing. We're already doing it. These simulations well, are already feeling already pretty have, real. They're already feeling. Yeah, you've seen And them, that's yeah. the best argument, I think, for the simulation theory is that if at this rate in 10 years, we're going to be able to create simulations that are indistinguishable from reality. And if we can do that, are we the first that have ever been able to do that? That's that, what Elon the, Musk the says, The chances right? of that are really low. Yeah, right. exactly. That's what Elon Musk says. Elon yeah. Musk says it's either either we're in a simulation and this has already existed and we're going to create one too, or we're going to go extinct. So we should hope that we're in a simulation. And that keeps me comfortable. At the end of the day, too, I mean, this is a pretty sweet simulation. I'm having a good time. Um, right. Yeah. It's just how can you play the simulation correctly? It's amazing. Right. Exactly. That's really, what is, I mean, yeah. what is, it's fun to think about in the end day. You're how like, can you ah. win? Got to get the high score. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Aubrey Marcus talks about it being a game, like learning how to press the buttons of the game. Um, have you heard of evolutionary game theory? Yes. 
I had I had um, um Professor Don Hoffman on the podcast a few weeks ago, and yeah, so he talks about how it's like, look, you, you humans are born just to like you know our perception of reality is for fitness, right? Mm-hmm. It's for um propagating, you know, it's for you know for carrying on our genes, right? There's no point in us knowing of seeing UV light or being able to hear the decibels of whales or echolocation because that doesn't help us as a species particularly. Right. But that right there also attributes to the fact that there are other realities, right? That's a scientific fact is that we see a narrow range of the color spectrum. Right. That we don't see all this. We don't hear Even other animals on the earth see different ranges. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there are and other realities. Where our, uh, where we see colors is where the sun peaks in wavelengths, which is also kind of interesting too. What do you mean? So if you look at the, th- uh, the, w- the wavelengths that the sun emits, where it peaks, where it's emitting the most powerful wavelengths, is right where we have this is aligns directly with our visible light spectrum. And I think it's like yellow or green is like right where the sun peaks oh. and the rest is like the visible spectrum. So um, on other planets, who knows what, uh, they, what everything looks like. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What does another <laughs> color, it, what yeah. does another color look like? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Do they have colors? Yeah. Are, are there people that are seeing in more infrared, more UV, even right. gamma radiation well, and stuff? Yeah. yeah. And like, what if I don't, I don't know the science behind it well enough for like the type of, gases that are colliding within the sun to create the type of light we have but what if there's a star that is i don't know some other fusion of chemicals that's creating a different source of light that's from a different completely different wavelength that we can't even measure that that totally. makes like those color totally. i don't know but here's the thing too we don't even we haven't seen any other light life outside of you our world so we only have a sample size of one but dna it's quite possible that dna no matter what kind of life form you are exists everywhere and it is kind of like one of those fundamental building blocks. It's like code. And if we could crack the code, we could create any type of life for this universe. I get really excited about it. If you see my tattoo, it's the golden ratio. And mm. in the multiverse theory. Fee, no? Fee? Is that what it's called? Fee? Um, Fibonacci uh, sequence has the golden ratio in it. Okay, yeah. I, thought, yeah, like two um, I haven't heard fee, so maybe. But I feel like I would have heard it by now. It could be, it could be something else. But it reminds me of pi too. Pi is another one of those constants that we don't yeah. we don't know where it comes from. But those are the numbers that make up our universe. And um, the theory says that there's infinite universes with all these different equations that make them up and different constants. And what's, what, the reason I got this tattoo is that we live in one of the universes where life is possible. And sentient observers were able to evolve and observe everything and um, figure this all out. And and it's i think that this ratio is kind of sacred and it's cool how it all fits together and it's fractal and everything and it's in our psychology it's in biology it's in physics it's everywhere um but what's really crazy to think about i love these like mind expanding um brain games um or these other universes where they have different not only different um equations where life isn't possible but completely different equations where life is possible and maybe stars don't form and galaxies don't form, but something's happening. There's there's energy and there's matter and right. life is forming, but it's in ways that we can't even conceive of. We literally can't comprehend we it. We literally can't comprehend it. That's yeah. when it gets weird. That's when it gets weird. And if you try to comprehend it, it's a great practice. We were trying to, uh, the other night, we were trying to imagine what does the fourth dimension look like? Like, what are these higher dimensions? What does it <laughs> actually look like? And we were imagining like a piece of art in a higher dimension where it's an entire universe, a big bang just floating as like a puddle in some like fifth dimensional being's house. And they can see every possibility of the entire universe unfolding all at once. 
and that's just like a piece of art for them or something like that. And right. that's our simulation. It's just art. That's the one made. That's awesome. <laughs> our whole universe. Yeah. Or like, or like <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like the, at the end of Men in Black. You remember that? Where they're playing with the marbles. Mm-hmm. And each marble is a little galaxy. Oh, I love that scene. I love Men in Black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, I mean, and, and you, just I, like that. Yeah. Or like, what if, what if there's entities that like, I mean, like ghosts and spirits and stuff. And you're like, yeah, okay. But it's dark like, well, energy. We're only looking yeah. at like 3% or something of the whole universe. Yeah. So. They don't even know what, they don't even know what dark matter is. They're right. like, there's what, I don't know what percentage, but it's like half of the universe. They're like, well, we don't know. Right. I, I have no it, idea. It's even more, it's like the majority. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Every yeah. 10 years, it's like we find out that, oh, everything we thought we knew is yeah. like wrong or it was like right. 1%. There's so right. much more. Yeah. Like the we haven't even explored our freaking oceans yet. Yeah, I know, it's right? It's crazy. Yeah. The more you know, the less you understand. Yeah. And that's becoming Isn't more that and truth? more. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're going to have to venture into virtual reality because then I think we can explore the possibilities of these dimensions through virtual reality. I think that's where it's going to go. I think wow. we'll yeah. be able to go into LSD land. Mm-hmm. Whereas, what is that? What is that? What is that doing? What, what reality is that within our minds? Can we recreate that in virtual reality? Can we recreate a, another dimension? And then you can put on the glasses and literally go. Wow. Maybe put on some type of biochemical sensors where you can like feel the other dimension too through an energy output. Wow. I don't know, right? I mean, there's so many. Yeah, I think especially when we have like an, a neural lace, we can really open the doors. So like I'm thinking about like with the virtual reality, we're still looking at a screen. Maybe we could figure out a way to fake 3D. But if we want to experience 4D, 5D, it's like you can't do that with our current gear. No. But if you can tap directly into the brain, then a lot more I think becomes possible because it's just electrical signals um but i don't know there's some interesting science around that we may we might not even be able to like see that stuff like um there's a really cool experiment they did with cats where once a cat's brain is developed if it develops um it takes about nine years or seven years or something if there's no horizontal lines in that cat's environment so they have these labs that have literally no they have curves and they have vertical lines but no horizontal Uh lines cats can't see them so then they add the horizontal bars you know at year 10 and the cats keep running into them and their brains can't comprehend it because their whole brain developed without the that concept. What? Yeah, dude. It's in a book called, I think, The Head Trip. A really good book. Um, so that's crazy. So we might not even be able to see this stuff. Um, they said the same thing in the, you know, speaking of the law of attraction and science, there's a really cool movie called What the Bleep Do We Know? That's more like the quantum mechanical side of it and more about how, no, actually scientifically your thoughts affect reality. They talk about how the Native Americans, when um, the Europeans first sailed down here, they couldn't see the ships because they'd never seen anything like that, and their brains were developed. So then, but the shamans saw like ripples on the horizon. So he went out there and stood and like meditated and concentrated, and, and then one day he actually could see the ships. What? That's like the legend. Yeah, that is fascinating. What the, it's called what the fuck do we know? What the, it's literally bleep. Like what the bleep do we what know? The is the, is the name know? of the movie? Yeah. Okay. It's a really good movie. Oh my god, I gotta check that out. Is it on Netflix? You know, it's not on Netflix, but uh, I got the DVD it. at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I might hit you up yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. DVDs, what are those? People still use right. those, man. Right. It should yeah. be on Netflix. Oh, man. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. I will let you get back to work. It's been about an hour already, man. It's been awesome. It's been quite a pleasure, dude. Went to the edge of the universe and beyond. Yeah. And back. Yeah. yeah. And I appreciate you sharing everything. Um, I think a lot of people get a lot of a lot of value out of listening to it. Tell me real quick before we end this, what are three of your favorite books that you would recommend to readers that can be entrepreneurial space? It's just, you're an interesting guy. You're a positive guy. What books have, have really helped push you forward? 
three of them. Well, if you haven't read Harry Potter, that's just required. But, <laughs> that's seven. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said The Alchemist. That really is one of my favorite books. That changed my life. Um, I think it's an amazing book. Another one I really like is Predictably Irrational. Um, it, uh, it turned a lot of conventional wisdom on its head uh, when it comes to marketing, at least, which is what I studied in school. So I love books that kind of change the way you think. Um, and then uh, one book that is kind of a, there's a, there's a couple entrepreneurial books that I think are good that are kind of newer. Uh, one of the newer ones is The Third Wave from Steve Case. Really cool book about kind of this next wave of entrepreneurship. Um, so uh, things are changing and it's cool to have a, a, although a lot of the old stuff still applies, it's cool to have a new book that addresses it. I highly recommend that book. Platform Revolutions, another really cool book that's changing uh, a lot of wisdom and uh, introducing a lot of the new ideas that entrepreneurs have learned over the past 10 years. Um, and then uh, oh, there's another one that I can't think of right now. But uh, yeah, those, those are all great books. Um, I need to read more. That's one of the things that uh, I wish I had more time for is just to read because every time I read, I learn so much. It's amazing. And I'm so yeah. stuck. I'm like, God, I wish I had more time for this. And uh, I just, I'm out of the habit right now. But I need, I need to... Uh, finish the platform revolution book because there's like gold wisdom in there that's like really helpful for our business so i gotta finish that book right on man mm -hmm. cool thanks dude thanks for coming on dude it's been a pleasure yeah appreciate you having me um i didn't really say what the business does but check yeah, it yeah, out. yeah yeah our company is called justlegal.com there you go uh we connect people with lawyers online it's always free to find a lawyer i always say i hope you never need to use it unless it's for something awesome like starting a business but no matter what it's the easiest way to find the right lawyer and book a free consultation the big change now has been uh, we just released some cool scheduling and intake technology built specifically for lawyers. So it's the same tech that powers our marketplace and makes it easy to book an appointment. But lawyers can also plug it in and embed it onto their own website, uh, which is really cool. And it's that approach is helping us overcome a lot of the marketplace challenges. So that's Just Legal. Um, check it out. My email is Willie with a Y at JustLegal.com. Always happy to chat to fellow with fellow entrepreneurs. Um, especially if you're working uh, on a marketplace or a SaaS-enabled marketplace more specifically um, and or in the legal tech space. Always happy to connect. Um, and uh, if you're in the Austin space, we'd love to show you around Capital Factory. All right. Beautiful, man. Yeah. Check it out. It's cool. It's a great little site, man. It's And I'm stoked to see where you take it too. It's a awesome. It's just, I love the concept. Love what you're doing. It's cool. Thanks, Very Alex. Cool, I'm right back at you, man. Yeah. Um, I love this podcast and uh, look forward to following this and seeing you grow it. Uh, hopefully one of these goes viral. Uh, hopefully not this one, but... Yeah. No, no. Hopefully <laughs> yeah, this yeah. one, man. Hopefully this one. All right, we, well... We just gotta... <laughs> 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 All right, dude. Later. Really appreciate it, Alex. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. That was Willie. I hope you guys loved it. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, tell your friends, uh, you know, the best way to just kind of show your support is to subscribe, leave me a review, uh, you know, contact me directly. You have my information, alex at alexstar.com or find me on Facebook, any social media. Let me know what you think. Uh, we're going to be coming out. I uh, got a sponsor that is going to be sending out some free like planner uh, gold notebooks that I've been using for a few months and it has helped me tremendously. Uh, so we're going to be sending out some free planners of that as well in the next few episodes. So stay tuned and you guys have a kick-ass week, a badass month, and uh, I ran out of stuff to say. So I'll see you guys in a week or two. Um, and I'm going to be in Tahoe next week and towards the end of August. If any of you guys are in that area, make sure to hit me up. Later. Later.